What's up, guys? Welcome back to Oz Hoopers TV. Um, we're going to be coming back um, just with Spotify episodes to you guys weekly just to discuss some topics. Um, and then we'll bring back the episodes with the guests, and that will strictly be with the guests. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. Hesh, how you been? I've been good, man. I've been, I've been good. Um, yeah, definitely a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. uh, you put together the, the topic list and everything is is um, a hot topic, so I'm, I'm, I'm down to get started. For sure. Um, straight off the bat, this morning, I woke up and checked my phone, and Dyson Daniels, uh, one of the biggest prospects out of Australia, has made his decision. He's heading to the G League Ignite. Um, yeah, like I said, one of the top, if not the top Australian prospect. Um, he made his senior de- debut with the Australian Boomers in February and is currently projected as a top 20 pick in the NBA draft 2022. Um, Dyson quoted, I feel that this is my best pathway for me to get to my ultimate goal, the NBA. Um, it has every resource I need in really good development, a great coaching staff and great competition to go against every day. He also added, my aim is to be one and done. I know that with my work ethic, getting in the gym extra hours is going to give me the best chance of getting drafted. Um, for those who didn't watch, Dyson had 23 points, four assists, three rebounds and six seals in his professional debut against New Zealand, playing for Australia. Um, and he's turned down several college program offers as well as the NBL Next Stars program to join the G League Ignite. What do we think of the move? And is it the right decision? Ooh, right decision. I mean, he's the only one that can that can answer that one. I guess uh, we we don't have we don't have that right. I guess. But what do I think of the move, man? Firstly, just to clarify, the the G League Ignite, I believe, is a program where they recruit um, basically future NBA stars slash prospects to come and play. They play in the G League, I believe, but they also play. Uh, a few other exhibition games and things like that. So mm. they get many more reps and kind of eyes on them and, and scouts can watch them and stuff like that. And I believe it's it's coached by Brian, head coach is Brian Shaw, who obviously has a ton of NBA playing and coaching experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a big time move. I think it's, I think it's fair to say that that's, yeah, like you can't argue with his logic. It's a fast track, quickest way to get to the NBA. He's going to be on radars and be right there. Um, so I like the move personally. I, from a personal standpoint, with a, with a bias, I would have loved for him to stay in the NBL because just to keep him in the country and to, to get the league a little bit stronger with the young talent. I like the, the direction the league's going, but he has to do what's best for him. And, and if he gets that type of opportunity, man, like obviously, like that's that's great for him. So I think it's a big time move. For sure. I think definitely G League and NBL is the way to go now. Um, Dyson. I saw in a basketball Victoria post that he had United shorts on. He was training in United shorts. And then at all these games at Nationals, the United scout was there. So I I had the feeling he was going to go United. He's from Melbourne. Um, But it was a complete surprise to me that he picked G League Knight. The one problem I have with him going to G League is he's on a team full of players that want to make a name for themselves. The thing that I think makes the NBL stand out a bit more is that you're, you're a next star. So they are, you know, pushing you to make the NBA. Like you're the, you're the kid on their team that they want to make the league. All eyes are on you. 
whatever. G League, there's 12 other players on that team in your same position. So, I don't know. Last year, when Will McDowell came on the podcast last time, he mentioned that he played um, the Ignite and he said that he pumped them by 30. So, like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, obviously, it's going to prepare him and he's going to be working out and it's a good idea. But, yeah, Chasen, I think he would have got a great deal off it as well, money-wise. So... I don't even know about that. Like, I have no, no understanding or education on that area. Um, but I, I'm assuming he would have, because the next stars program pay okay too. So to do yeah. that, we down to stay at home. Plus, I think it's like um, the other thing is that we haven't even touched on is the college situation. Like, he would have got high major D ones. Look at him. I'm sure of it, dude. Like, I've spoken to a few people at the Center of Excellence, and they were saying some of the, his teammates or whatever, and they were like, yeah, he was getting like. Arizona State and stuff like that so that's the other thing like maybe something like that would have been good but maybe there's a trend now like these young kids go into the pros and it fast tracks them to give them a chance to get to the NBA um, and I'm not I'm not saying I agree with the move but I mean it's proving to get pretty good results with, with a small sample size so far um, but but I think yeah I, I like the move though. I still like it I agree with your point though 12 other guys Dog eat dog, everyone's trying to shine, putting up with that for a whole year. Like I get it at like a combine or I get it at like basketball without borders when there's like, you know, a three-day event or something like that. This is like a whole season with that type of vibe. I don't know. It, it might be tough for him. Mm. I read I read something on Twitter that the the um inconsistency with the NBL Next Guys program might have persuaded his decision. Um an, an example of that was Mo King. Um, do you think something like that might have affected him picking G League over NBL? Would he have looked? Would he have looked at Mo King's situation and thought maybe, maybe not? For sure, like, yeah. Without a doubt, man. I think that's yeah. You definitely look at past results and, and look at the guys that have been in your shoes and been like, "Oh, how they ended up? What's happened?" And obviously, you got Giddy on one end of the spectrum, which is stock just skyrocketed, and then Mo's is the other one, which is like going from being on draft boards to being off and now uh, waiting another year before he declares again. I'm sure, I'm sure Mo King will, will get his chance. Like, yeah, um, but obviously he didn't have the most ideal season. So um, yeah, definitely would have played a part of that decision. I'm sure. I'm sure he even talks to them boys. Like, you know, they're close. I think like, yeah. I'm sure they will hang out. They've been growing up together through the COE program through BA. So represented Australia together, all that stuff. So I think like, I'm sure he talks to them all and, would have had input and I'm sure there's a good team around him that, that have advised him but um, oh man I don't know uh, I just want to I, I, he'll make the league Dyson's going to go to the league like I, I can't see it any other way just no. a matter of which, which route he goes I guess yeah I think either way he would have made it um, I'm huge on Dyson I think he has the potential to be the biggest player since Simmons um, seeing him live and seeing him play I think he's really talented Either way, he would have gone NBL or G League. I think he would have been uh, good to make the league. Um, it would have been good to see him in the NBL, though. But, yeah, he's going to kill it over there. And, um, yeah, we're rooting for him. 100%. Next topic this morning, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers have Ooh. been eliminated. <laughs> have been eliminated from the NBA playoffs by the fifth seed Atlanta Hawks led by Trey Young. Um, ben Simmons has, is being publicly humiliated on social media um, and the internet 
my whole feed is Ben Simmons. <laughs> Everything, everything's Ben Simmons. Um, dissing him about his playoff performance, um, and especially today, he gave up an open dunk in critical critical playing time, in a critical time of the game. He gave up an open dunk for a pass. Um, Joel Embiid came out in the press conference, um, and he said he thought the turning point was that open dunk. Atlanta came down and scored. Um, and then Doc Rivers came out and someone asked, can Simmons be a point guard on a championship team? And he said, I don't know the answer to that right now. Ben Simmons finished the playoff series with the lowest free throw percentage in the NBA postseason history with 34% from the line. What's next for Ben Simmons and his future? Where does he go from here? Oof. Man, that's fresh. Hard to, hard to know. Well, obviously, I have answers to that. But... Um... I just want to dissect that a little bit. Simmons is is a is an all star talent, man. Like this guy is certified. He's 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 so, man. Six ten point guard, like unbelievable ability to to facilitate the ball, tempo management, game management, get guys involved, transition buckets. Um, he's he's unreal, you know. We've seen this defensively, like he's defensive player of the year caliber type player. So this guy's this guy's an NBA superstar. So I don't want that to get left behind in all this. I, I kind of feel bad for players when they. I, I know he has only himself to blame. Like he can't shoot what he shot from the free throw line and expect to just not get kind of publicly. Not I wouldn't say humiliated, but you got You got to call it out. You know that's unacceptable from his yeah, standpoint. Sure, but I don't want it to get lost that he's 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 superstar man. Like I really rate his game and I rate what he can do. In terms of what's next and how it all went down, man, that's just how are you gonna shoot thirty four percent. I just don't get it. Like, and his stroke is nice. Like he, it's not like he's putting up bricks. Like he he can't shoot it. Like he can stroke the ball. It comes out of his his hands nice. You can see the release. Like it looks like a shooter. So then it's like, is it all in his head? Like, is it psychological things need to happen? It's definitely not a good sign that Joel Embiid is saying our stuff and Doc Rivers is saying our stuff. Like, I don't know if there's tension. I don't know if they were just emotionally invested. So, you know, but either way, like, it doesn't look good for, for Ben Simmons in Philly right now. I don't think, I, I can't imagine. I think they're going to blow that up. I think they'll hold on to Embiid and they'll put Simmons. How many more years does he have on his contract? I have no idea how many years he has on his contract, but I'm presuming from him, what I think, I think he's gone either way. I think he's yeah, out of there. Well, if, if, yeah, I'm sure he has at least one more year and he'll be on the trading block this, this off season. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure they'll try and get what they can for it. In terms of what's next for him, he can contribute on a championship team. There's no question about that. Can he play the one and be in crunch time and, and get fed out and step to the free throw line and knock him down? Like, I guess it's, when it, when it gets to a point where it's like you're shooting 30%, it's not like he's shooting 60, 70, where it's like, yeah, low for a guard, but still, you know, this is like detrimental to your team's success, clearly. Mm. Um, so I think I think it's like, yeah, I don't know if he, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I really it's, don't know. It's hard to go at Ben Simmons because he's Australian and it's sort of my job to stick up for the Australian players and back them all the time. But they're literally hacking him. They're using a hacker Ben strategy to go up. Like they will foul him playing the point guard. And he's going to the line, missing both. And they'll get the ball back and they'll go down and score a possession. Like it's losing them games, the free throws. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to be a couch coach and one of those NBA fans that is like 
you know, criticizing these NBA players who make millions and are professionals. But I feel like I could shoot better than 30% at the free throw line. Like, I mean, you could shoot better than 30% at the free throw line. Like, it's embarrassing what's happening. Like, he's been playing since how long and you can't shoot a free throw? Yeah. Like, the whole thing for me is like, it's not like he shot 30% for his career. So it's yeah. clearly a psychological thing going on right That's now true. where he's not able to get over the hump, you know. And we all go through patches, man. Like I'm, sure I, have, I have weeks when I coach, when I when I don't feel great and my coaching performances aren't as good as the previous week. And he had just had, he's had a stretch right now. I want to give him, I want to give him the, the part, not the complete pass out. I want to let him uh, probably like let it be known that it's unacceptable. But at the same time, I'm like, man, like just bounce back. Prove yourself. Like uh, I think he, he has to be on that tip, but he's got to fix something about that. I don't know if his mentality has got to be because his stroke is nice and he's been shooting free throws reasonably well his whole career. So he's got to just fix that, man. And like you said, it is embarrassing, man. And most, I think the the the, the most frustrating thing is probably that like he's aware. Like it's not, it's not. He, like, he's gonna have to feel it, bro. Like he knows, he knows that it's what it is. Like. You know what I mean? You can't really duck out of it. So the numbers are there, the stats are there, the, the strategy that they're openly fouling you is right there. All you gotta do is knock them down, and it's it's game time. Philadelphia are in the finals, you know, in the West, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Exactly. But unfortunately, it didn't happen, and for him, he's gonna have to battle his way through it, man. Yeah, take it on the chin. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard because, like, obviously, um, rookie of the year, All NBA. Has he made? Has he made an All NBA team? Um, runner up for DPOY. Uh, two-time all-star three-time all-star whatever like he's obviously got the talent but it's hard to have such a defensive lock on your team that can guard the best player and not have him on in crunch time because he can't shoot free throws like it, it's just like That's butting heads like you can't it's hard That's not a thing as well. like i know faber rules are slightly different but imagine he starts doing that for australia too like you know what I mean? does, does he take this criticism to too much and just lock in in the off season and not play for the boomers. That's what some people are saying. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I would like to assume that he's gonna play. Yeah, me um, too. I mean, Shane Shane Hill Shane Hill reckons he's not. Really? Yeah. Because right. he he's pulled out of the last two or something, but I think it's different this time. Yeah. I don't know. That leads into our next topic: the boomers. The roster has been cut. Nathan Sobey has been added. Um, he was added a while ago, but he was officially added. And the players removed, Will Magne, Dang Adele, Mitch McCarron, Mitch Norton, Will McDowell-White, and Thon Maker, who's chosen not to play. So he didn't get removed. He specifically chose not to play. Um, what are your thoughts on the people removed? Is there anyone in particular you think shouldn't have been removed? And is there anyone still in the roster? that you think may or may not deserve a spot? That's, that's a lot of questions. Let's start with the first one. The, the, the players removed. I think, um, to be honest, Mitch McCarron impresses, impressed me these last few weeks. Mm. Like from Melbourne United. Like, I'm not trying to just bandwagon and, oh, he's playing well this week. He needs a boomer spot. Like, I'm not trying to say that. But he definitely has shown me some things these last few weeks that, that I, I wasn't 100% convinced we're in his game like he's able to control a team at the one i'm completely confident of that like he's 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 owning that melbourne united team 
ball always ends up in his hands late clock. He demands it back from Goulding, demands it back from Landale, gets guys going, not afraid to take big shots. He plays defense like big body guard. I think he's improved a lot over the over this course of the season. And I've maybe I've just had more eyes on him, you know, so I'm, I'm open to it. But Mitch McCarron's the one name that probably stands out there. Uh, I like McDowell White as well. Uh, I think he had a bit, not a rough NBL season, but I just don't think he was, he was, the usage rate wasn't as high like when I was watching games. Had a couple of glimpses where I was like, whoa, this guy's special. And then it just kind of wasn't consistent. Whether that's situational, whether it's context, not sure. Like, I, I think he's he's really good. So those are the two that I'm thinking, okay, like, ooh, interesting. But then I look down the list of players that are in there and I'm like, all right, are you, if you just look at the guards, are you, you're not going to, they're not going to take out Delvin Dover, just veteran locker room. They're not going to take out Exxon. He's had, he's come good now in the NBA. Uh, Josh Green, obviously super explosive guard, plays the wing. Joe Ingles has proven he can play the one. Then you got Patty Mills, who's a lock. Uh, ben Simmons obviously going to play the one, and then Sobi has just been out of this world. So I mean, how you going like you just can't fit anybody else in there, and then you 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 know take out Aaron Baines or or someone. Um, to be hundred percent frank, jumping ahead a little bit, the one name in the Boomers list, and I'm not trying to throw shade because I hate I hate saying bad things about players um, because I I I. I don't want to be one of those Stephen A. Smiths, Skip Bayless types that just says whatever I say and like not like I I, I give players the respect they deserve for putting yeah. everything they have in sport and trying to do everything they can, but Ryan Brokoff has not impressed me this NBL season, man. Um, not just the numbers. I'm just looking at his game. Like I don't know. It just didn't look like if I had to pick who were the better players on Southeast Melbourne Phoenix just watching them play, and I had no idea what resumes were and where they'd played. He wouldn't be there, like he uh, he would just it just didn't stand out to me. So I, I don't know if he, I know he was injured for a period, wasn't he? Hurt his eye or something like that. So maybe that, that had an impact. But he's probably the only guard there that I'm like in the the boomer squad at the moment that I'm kind of thinking, oh, Mitch McCarron might have made a push for that spot. Like you know, I agree with you. Like, yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, what about you? What do you think any anyone that's left out there that you think like you're shocked at? I think it's hard. Will Magne, hear me out. If he didn't come back to the NBL, he would be on the roster. I mean, coming from playing with the Pelicans with Zion and Ingram and then coming back to Wildcats and joining the Super Squad, um, not performing too well, uh, especially these last couple games. Been a bit quiet and now removed from the roster. I don't know. A few weeks ago, I think he'd still be in the list. Um, obviously, one of the best defensive players in the NBL now comes off the bench for Perth. Hard to say. Anyone on the team that I think is a bit iffy. I don't know. I haven't seen Brock Moden play. I think he's pretty old. But he's a yeah. he's a rebounding machine. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've seen him putting up numbers in the Euro League. Um, yeah. I think it's Euro League. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen those guys play, so I can't comment on those two. But other than that, the team looks pretty stacked. Ryan Brokoff is on the other one. You said, you said Brock, and who's the other one? Uh, Duop, Reef. Duop, Duop, I know a little bit about. Playing in Europe at the moment. I forgot what team. It'll come to me. But um, he, he's tough. Like, I think he's, yeah, athletic. Like, he, he's good. Like, he, he's, I think he deserves a spot there. Um, um, but, yeah, no, nothing else really sticks out. I, I, I think, I don't know what the reason, what reasoning was to Thonmaker not playing, but he would have been a good addition to the squad. He's, but other than that, he's, coming off a, he's coming off a knee injury that he's trying oh, to get okay. right. 
So he's taking some time away just to get his body right. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, other than that, I'm keen to see. I hope Josh Giddy makes the final roster. Um, I think he definitely deserves a spot. Um, piece like that, even coming off the very end of the bench, I think it's a nice addition. But yeah, yeah like, I don't know. I, I think personally, like, I'm, I'm just sorry to cut you off. I, I think Mitch McCarron right now is, is for me, is better than Josh Giddy. Like, if I had to pick a player, I'm picking Mitch McCarron over Josh Giddy right now. I'm not saying ceiling and I'm not saying all that type of stuff. And Giddy's obviously much younger. But I think, like, the, the role to play for Giddy to come, if he gets picked in that 12, Giddy, he's not playing like 18 minutes or whatever. He's playing barely, if anything, you know, and just to be in that environment, prep him a little bit. Obviously, he's going to be the face of the, not the face, but he's going to be a big part of the Boomers team if his career goes the way it's anticipated. So I think blooding him early and giving him that look is probably why Giddy's there. Um, but I do think Mitch McCarron could could play that type of role as well. Uh, what about Xavier Cooks, man? I'm big on Xavier Cooks. Um, he's injured yeah. for most of this season, which might have hurt his chances to get on this team. But when he's come back and what he's shown, I think, even those little snippets with the Kings, man, he's not like he is, I watched him play live like when I was sitting there the other night. I, I went to the last two or three Kings games of the season and he was just come back off injury. This guy's ability to rebound the ball is insane, dude. Like, I'm talking what? Like, he just gets after it. Like, you don't think he's going to. And when he's, like, he's athletic. Obviously, he's athletic because he's long. Like, we can see it. But when it's, when it's like, nose and sense for knowing where the ball's going to be, like, his anticipation is unreal. And his athleticism, like, quick spring to get off the ground quickly and just go get it. And, like, he doesn't get those those – pussy rebounds where it's like tipping him to himself you know what I mean like he just gonna snatches out the air with one hand and then his ability is like just bust out with two dribbles I was very impressed with um so I think Xavier Cooks is is, is good I'm just looking at the at the list now if there's anybody else Nick K I haven't seen for a while is he in Europe yeah, yeah he's in Europe he just signed with the Japan team for next year actually so he's not coming back with, was that with Lamanis' team uh good question I'm not sure Lamanis is going there isn't he into yeah, that new expansion Something like that, yeah. But yeah, Nick is a good perimeter shooter. Similar similar play style to Aaron Baines, I think. Aaron Baines obviously a bit yeah. more stronger and bigger. But Nick I remember when I was when I was training with the Hawks back in 2017, he was like the best defender at, on the team. Yeah. I would watch him at practice, just sit there literally, and he would be communicating, switching out, guarding one through five, super high IQ, super like he's just really good. I was impressed with him. Like when I was watching him shoot, watching him warm up, I was like, come on, like. Like, this guy's that elite. And then I watched him in game, and I was like, whoa, this guy's dominating everyone on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Um, I, I like Nick K, So um, I think so, one more one more person I think that's left out that could make a late case um, is not even on the list is Todd Blanchfield. Definitely a perimeter shooter, can create his own shot, come off screens, quick release. Um, I think... He could definitely been. He could have definitely been on the twenty twenty four man roster or whatever it was. Um, in my opinion, better than Brokoff for sure this season. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard. Well, that's kind of that's kind of the role that Brokoff is supposed to play. Like lights out shooter, exactly. amazing turnout turnout screens and pin downs, just looking to stretch the floor. Um, decent off ball screens, but obviously he's going to be off the ball a lot with with guys like with Paddy Mills on the team and Nathan Sobey and these other guys, the ball dominant guys. Like, so yeah, you make a case, Blanchfield, he's been lighting up the last few weeks. So, sure. um, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to like broke off. 
listen, I get it. Like he's a sniper and he's, he's NBA experience. I get all that, but I want to see some more from him. Yeah. Um, NBL finals, both our both our predictions. Your predictions are still in it. They've got to win three in a row, Perth. Um, <laughs> and my Southeast lost by 20 to Melbourne in game one, and I thought it was all over. And then the Kiefer Sykes show happened. And then uh, Melbourne closed it out in a close one. Southeast were up at one point. Definitely had the chance to win. Uh, Craig didn't play too well in that game. Um, yeah, silly mistakes. But, yeah, they did better than what I expected, Southeast. Um, so, yeah, not too, not too shocked with the loss to Melbourne, but my pick's out of there. Who's – obviously, Melbourne are up 2-0 at the moment. Do you see Perth coming back three games, or is this a sweep? I see – I don't know if I see Perth come back three games. I see Perth winning a game. Like Next game, it has to be. It has to be, yeah. I see yeah. they have to win the next game. Like I think they will. I thought they were gonna win game two, to be honest. Um, but I, I like I like Perth's team and I like their fighting spirit like they've been there before. I mean, if Melbourne sweep them, I, I'm kind of 50-50. I, I shouldn't be sitting on the fence. But if Melbourne sweep them, I wouldn't be overly surprised. But if I had to if I had to put my life on it, I would say Perth get the next game and then Melbourne might win it in four or something. It's hard to lose from a two-o lead, like mm. Heads are dropped. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's hard to bounce back from that. But, yeah, your Southeast Melbourne, I want to talk about that for a second. That Kiefer Sykes show was nice. You know what I liked about it? Game three, he went out and shot, like, 18 shots again. Mm. That's what I really appreciate. Like, he wasn't, like he, – he didn't make many. Like, he, he had a pretty rough shooting night that night. But he was, like, I'm going to put this team on my back and I'm going to try and take over. And, and he, he tried. And you got to give him credit for the, the attempt. Melbourne United were just too strong. Um they were they were tough with it, but I, I think I think yeah, Melbourne are going to be tough from a two zero lead. But my 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 prediction is still there. Perth has a fighter's chance, so let's see. Um, who's been the biggest surprises so far in the final finals, and who's been the biggest disappointment in your opinion? If there yeah, is, you, yeah, for sure. You already mentioned Travis. Yeah. Oh, that's somebody that could that's like man, Boomer squad like. For sure, uh, it's not definitely out. It's not out of the conversation. It's definitely. definitely not. Dude, I think I'm so high on Luke Travis' game. Like I think he is elite, man. Yeah, like, he's he good. is. I think he's really, really good. Like he's gonna. I think he's NBA caliber, no doubt about it. He's gonna end up in the league. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know about surprise because uh, I, I, to be honest, I've, I've been high on Travis' game for a long time. I think it's just opportunity based and now he's just showing it to the rest of the world. So I'm not overly surprised with Travis, but I know public is like, whoa, this kid's come out of nowhere and, and yeah. it up. And it's like, so I, I think Travis is in there for the surprise. Like he's stepped up to the plate. He's been huge. Um, you already mentioned Blanchfield lit up. I don't think that's a surprise yeah. uh, either because I think he's always been a shooter, but he's definitely looking more confident. I think it helps with um, with Christ out. Yeah. He's just launching everything now. He's like, oh, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have another guy like being like, oh, whoa, 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 give me the ball. He's just like looking at the rim. So he's been good too. And then um, Magne has been a bit of a, a I don't want to say let down, but, you know, once again, could be situational. Like mm. he's not playing an awful lot and he's not getting an awful lot of touches. So I don't know whether it's been like, because he came in late. So they're just trying to utilize him in, for, it's always hard with that situation. You know what I mean? What, would you, what do you do as a coach? Like you've built 
a program slash a team, a culture over a course of time. Guys have bought in since preseason. Guys have understood, been there. And then you get like a superstar talent coming in late. Do you change everything you're doing and, and just let him play 38 minutes and play through him? Or does he have to sacrifice and become a part of what you're building? Uh, and I think it's a tough situation. It's always a tough situation. You see it in, in NBA teams as well. Mm. Um, well, guys come in mid-season or whatever and it's not to always with this transition. Even though the talent's there, things can take some time to get going. So I don't want to say Magne was a disappointment, but I numbers-wise and impact, I thought there'd be more from him, you know? Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, surprises for me, obviously, Luke Travers. Um, I wanted I, he was he's they put him on for the first nine minutes of every game, and he does his thing. He has four, five, two, and then they take him off for the rest of the game. I'm, I'm thinking, why do they do that? And then finally, they're giving him minutes when it matters in the like in the biggest game, and he's stepping up. So it was so good to see that. And I think now he's in the same conversation as Josh Giddy and Mo King as these young guys. He's he's in the top three, if not same level, if not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, he definitely stepped up, made some so good on defense, so good at rebounding. He's yeah. fast for his um, height. Um, his shot's not bad. So, yeah, I think there's definitely NBA teams looking at him for sure. Um, another surprise for me is Blanchfield. I thought when they signed Blanchfield, that's definitely the biggest signing of the season. Um, one of my mates, uh, one of his favorite players is Blanchfield. We always uh, like keep an eye on him and stuff like that. So when they when he signed to Wildcats, we're like, that's huge. He's going to the winning team that won last season. So um, yeah, now to see him step up when Cotton's out, um, definitely not a surprise, but it's definitely good to see. Um, another surprise I'd say is Kiefer Sykes, obviously stepping up. I mean, he is their import. But there was a couple iffy games this season where he had eight points, 10 points, and to see him come out against the one-seeded United and drop 26 in a win-or-go-home game. Um, he, played pre- he played pretty well in game three as well, so to see that was pretty good. Um, disappointment for me, Kyle Adnan was pretty quiet, didn't get many minutes, didn't really do much for Southeast. Obviously, I, uh, I was backing Southeast. So to see him, obviously, massive part of the team during the season. Um, up there for six man of the year to see him. Was he up there for six man of the year? Yeah, with yeah, yeah, with um, Hobson and Lawal, Joe Lawal. He was the third one, I think. Yeah. Who was it? Joe Lawal, Adnam, and Hobson, Scotty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Adnam was up there for six man of the year. So to see him not really perform and not get, I don't know if that's the matchup with United or the game plan they run. But to see him not step up was kind of disappointing. But yeah. after a huge season, not not that I don't know how to say it. <laughs> not not too much to criticize him on, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I get you. What about the Hawks? We haven't spoken about them. They were the fourth team that made it. Harvey was yeah. unreal. Hawks were so close, so close. And Jessup was a little bit of a uh, just he yeah. was inconsistent all season for me. He was like in the finals as well. He would just go 11 for 11 and you're like, this guy's the best shooter I've ever seen. Yeah, he and played really good in that win, actually, in game one. And then the other two, he was yeah. consistent. That's it. And then you kind of just let the ball slip a little bit. Um, but I thought Tyler Harvey was, was unreal, made a case for that MVP. And right to the end. Um, so I thought the Hawks were, Hawks were good um, as well. But right now, as it stands, I, I think it's... 
pretty safe to say Melbourne should get it. I think Perth win one more game. I agree. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys for joining us again. We're going to start doing these weekly. Um, we'll guys keep you updated on what's happening um, around Australia and the basketball community. Um, just updating you guys on news and stuff. Um, I might start dropping questions on our page for you guys to ask us. Could be anything, could be random, what our thoughts are on uh, particular topics. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So um, thank you guys for joining us. We'll catch you guys next week. Appreciate it.